Hello, friends. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash geekcastlive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. In a poll where Professor Xavier, Luke Skywalker, and Garfield the Cat were all asked, what is their favorite coffee? None of them answered because they're all fictional characters. But if they could, they would have said Death Wish Coffee, the world's strongest coffee. Be sure to check them out at deathwishcoffee.com and be sure to hit them up on the iTunes or Google Play. Check out Death Wish Coffee. What's up, everybody? GCR here asking you to head on over to iTunes and subscribe and review our show. And then follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Live and retweet the hell out of us. I promise that if you do, I will eat this entire grapefruit. I'm not kidding. I'll eat the whole thing. Geekcast Joe here. If you like what we do and want even more of it, support the show at Patreon.com. It's a trap! Teddy Roosevelt had a smartphone. He would send you dick pics while you're at work. The Geekcast Live podcast. I am your host, Geekcast Ryan, and with me, as always, Rob Bass. It's Nico. And Cartoon Joe. I never really know how how to handle that. Like, you've been doing it for an entire year now, and every time, like, it just catches me off guard. The the fucking interruption thing. Like, what interruption? What? Yeah, there we go. My favorite part about it is is when when like last week when I wasn't here, Nick says, "Hey, Scallywags," and I hear Rob, I hear you in the background interrupting him. Like that's <laughs> like well done, guys. Well done, because now it's more than shtick. <laughs> it's a well-oiled machine. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be back. How are you guys? Doing good? Good week? Excellent. I was Very doing good, good um, until until I, I forwarded you that email, didn't I? Of the. Uh, Yes. Social are you guys media. Doing those chain emails still? What's that? Are you guys still doing those chain emails? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess. Yeah, if he didn't send it to 17 people, clowns were going to eat him in his sleep. Right. Oh, that's a I'm, legitimate I'm, threat nowadays. Hey, no, I, no, I, no. I, no, <laughs> no kidding. Five minutes before we started taping this, I got a follow up email to the email I sent you guys. Um, basically, where is that here? Basically saying that it's out of control. Here's a quote. Unfortunately, social media has continued to create a frenzy over this issue. And many students have heard rumors and other information and misleadings from their peers. So they're starting like a – it's like an eight-paragraph from the superintendent about um, Snapchat and clown evil and not to to feed the fear that is taking over my town I live in. Well, here's the deal, though. If if all the adults pretend that clowns don't exist, Pennywise will systemically destroy the children of that town. Mm, we've so, seen this. Yeah, you have before. to you have to take the fight to the clowns, as I've been yes. saying for months on this program. I'm thinking about ordering like some sort of nighttime posse, <laughs> nighttime anti-clown posse, if you would. Is, is take and, the uh, fight to the clowns the Episode? Yeah, it might, it might be. It's an early. <laughs> it's, it's early. It's, but. That's, we're setting the pace, though, early, because I'm 
Yeah. I really am all about clown violence, anti-clown now, violence. I don't, I don't want to sound too much like, uh, like the guys from InfoWars. But? But, um, when everybody's trying to, when, when one story really rises to the top and it's taking over everything, uh, look for the story they're trying to hide from you. So that seems to be what this clown thing is to me because, like, none of it's substantiated. I haven't seen one fucking story where it's like, oh, my God, no, it is true. Well, they've got – there's a bunch of, you know, YouTube clips and Snapchat videos, but it's clearly staged. You know, it's somebody right. driving down a dark road and they happen to have their phone out and into the – underneath the lamppost is a fucking clown. And they right, post it like Blair lighting. Witch style. But, I mean, it's clearly a thing. I mean, there's, you know – I don't. People, I don't want. People are feeding it both ways. I don't want to be that guy. But you will. Yes. Uh-huh. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. Cause... Well, everybody knows my feelings. Everyone knows what happens if I see a clown. You know, oh yeah. Out of out of his appropriate venue. If I see a clown like at a at a bar mitzvah, dude's supposed to be there. If I'm. Uh, if I walk out to the road, which is like uh, 300 yards from my house here at night, and there's a clown across the street, he dies. Right. He he then is just like a possum or a feral cat to me, and I treat him <laughs> as such. I treat him as I treat him as such, like vermin. He gets the he gets the boot, or he gets the truck. <laughs> not Good necessarily. Choice. Not necessarily his choice. Right. It's whatever's handy, or he gets the it's Mossberg eight seventy if it's handy. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so that's that's my deal. But yeah, on. yeah, this clown thing—it's something else. I bet it's in the next debate. I hope so. <laughs> I'm surprised there haven't hasn't been any mention of Harambe these debates. I I agree. No, that's also it, mentioned. It just goes to show you how out of touch they really are. <laughs> that's also mentioned in the uh, district school emails about what's inappropriate Halloween costumes this year. <clears throat> just say no. So is 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 Harambe? Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like the number three biggest selling like Halloween costume. Or <laughs> now is it like what specifically like a Harambe costume? No, it's just like, it's like it's, no, it's like With you like know t-shirts, t-shirts and jerseys and maybe a mask. But I mean, it's the mm. name basically is what's really popular this year, mm-hmm. as it should be. God, I hope I can find. Let's all just go get Harambe tattoos in memory of Ryan. We should go out. You go out. You go out as Harambe, and I will go out as the kid. <laughs> and I have to, just, oh, drag, I have to yes. just drag you around. Yeah. <gasps> and Rob and Joe run behind us as like the crisis response team. <laughs> and then eventually, I, eventually, I get shot. Yeah, they take you down at the end of the night, but it's yeah, for good cause. <laughs> but it's a, Joe but would it's make a, a fantastic time. panicked mother. <laughs> I would. I would. <laughs> um, before we get to the. Uh, <laughs> Before we get to our D review here, I and, and since we're talking about costumes, I just sent you guys a, a text. I don't know if you've seen the horrendously bad Jared Leto's Joker. Oh God! Costumes. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God! Just I will be shortly. They are. Oh, was this God. article written what by your brother Jake? Look at those! How bad oh, they are. They're they're something <laughs> special. 
Oh, please load for me. Is that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just like that's, a green-haired that's, doctor. Is that a fake dream. ab tattoo? Number eleven is my favorite. It's this. That's actually just a the, shower cap. Oh God. Which <laughs> <laughs> which one? Eleven? Yeah. Diane Ward needs to get back together. <laughs> It'd be better for them. I will oh link this in the show notes so everybody else can laugh too. But it's oh uh, my god, <laughs> this looks like a sex offender registry. Oh, it does. Seven six, is the, seven is the creepy is the worst. You could title number seven. Um, mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, there's a bonus. There's El Diablo. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was. <laughs> it's a Diablo letter jacket. You see, you guess that's nice. And on, apparently, on like Tad Q White Man. Number ten thinks third. he is just a stud, doesn't he? Oh yeah. In fact, he probably goes out like that on the daily. Jesus, Juggalo jumped Hardcore up. Hardcore just that's amazing. Train. Yeah, speaking of bad costumes. <laughs> They are, I, like I said, I'm, these are going to be in the show notes. So at this point of the show, just check these out because you'll you'll laugh with us, especially you, Gomez. <laughs> so anyway, wow. I also had I also had a do review. You did, you did, and after and, some some serious bouncing around. Well, I around. actually I, let me. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to let everybody peek behind the curtain for a second. Yeah, that's hear great. it, hear it, hear it. I made some notes and I've got them here next to me, but. Uh... A lot of times what happens is we get done recording uh, on Wednesday and then maybe within a couple minutes, depending on whose turn it is to do the do review, we have one right away. And it gives us a week to really digest it and look at it. Well, I didn't give these guys one until Monday. And um, uh, and it was like six hours long. It was an hour and 45 minutes, ah, okay. which apparently is too long. Was, for I thought Batman it was a very funny hour and 45 guy. minutes. Batman Superman, I have popcorn, I, I'll, I'll and I have a Slurpee, and I have, you know, expectations. <laughs> do you get a Slurpee when you go to the theater? I, I, well, this I, I don't now. Why but. you enjoy. <laughs> so then I changed it. I, I changed it to something that was better, I will admit to it. It was a cracked article, and I kind of didn't, kind of didn't want to do it, although it was good, because we do a lot of cracked articles for doing reviews, so yeah. I kind of wanted to do something yeah. different. And then I found literally... 15 minutes ago, before we started recording this, I found this uh, BuzzFeed article that is that uh, all it's 47 amazing. vice presidents ranked by hotness. And it's <laughs> on it's, point. So it's spectacular. I will also be linking this, and we obviously won't go through all 47. We'll just hit the highlights. But Yeah, you, we each got to pick like a fave, which is hard to do. It's really hard to do because it's not necessarily the picture. It's the... It's, it's the, the little captions. comment captions they have with the picture that were fucking killing me. Are any of the rest of you like just strangely, unspeakably attracted to this author just based on her work? Yes. Yes. Uh, it, uh, senior staff writer at BuzzFeed, Hannah Jewell. So Hannah, if you're listening, and I hope you are. Well, I have a soft spot for you know the British women, but I, I just found it to be spectacularly written. John Calhoun. Oh, who had a butters. neck. John Calhoun, you ever seen, there was an old uh, movie called Follow That Bird, and it was about Big Bird. 
and oh, like God. super robust. <laughs> yes, yes. He looks like Mrs. Dodo, who tries to keep the people from Sesame Street from getting to Big Bird. That's what John Calhoun <laughs> looks like. John the, Calhoun the titles looks are like the he best. ribbits. He only ribbits. He doesn't actually say <laughs> words. Mm-hmm. Dick really... Cheney, who looks like a mischievous uncooked sausage, comes in second class. <laughs> just so you know. Uh, Andrew Johnson, I, I, who you'd settle for. I think the best the best had to have been Martin Van Buren, of the course. friendliest goblin. <laughs> it is. The picture yeah, is just outstanding. He worked at Gringotts. His button oh, yeah. chops were the pointiest in all of Goblin Land, and of that fact <laughs> he was proud. John Tyler, who was melting. Thomas it's Marshall, really, who it's only really wanted funny. love. Speaking of the ones who looked at, uh, worked at Gringotts, Elbridge Jerry. Oh, he's not yeah. Rip Hook. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, too, is, you know, there's a lot of vice presidents here I shamefully didn't even know were people. So that's oh, another yeah. that's Like, another like old man next bikes? <laughs> right. <laughs> who I believe was a Hannibal, Hannibal Hamlin, a.k.a. Correct. old man next bikes. I, one of my favorites is John Adams, who just wasn't hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's the turning point of the uh, of the article. I think Walter Mondale, who was exactly average. <laughs> George M. Dallas, who knew how to please a woman but didn't look great doing it. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, Charles H. Dawes, who was mostly hands. Which is such a great picture. Oh, so good. Thomas Jefferson, who is a solid seven. <laughs> John C. Breckenridge and his cold, dead eyes. Did anyone else think that he probably sang in Panic at the Disco? Oh, God. <laughs> Along with T.J. Cremines. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thomas Spiro. Andrew Hendricks, who looked like a sadder, weaker Colin Firth. <laughs> I so really good. Will Wheeler, who was exceedingly comfortable in his chair. God, just have a I seat in his chair. Really, really lovely. Liked, uh, Spyro, sex face, Agnew, sexy face. How about Lyndon B. Johnson's face. fucking captain stance? Like, is it like Lyndon B. Johnson? That was, well, that was good. As Dunk would remain comfortable in his pants, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> to have LBJ, who like, like. If he was being argued with in a cabinet meeting, would just smack his junk on the table and be like, "Argue with that." Yep, and, and like in his Captain Morgan pose, and like fantastic. the Secretary of the Treasury would be like, "Well, uh, Lyndon, I can't. That's fantastic penis," and that would be the end of the fucking. <laughs> I he guess was a I'll, master I'll, debater. I'll, I'll raise the interest rates. Fine. <laughs> James dominance was his uh... <laughs> genital dominance. Uh, James Sherman. Who'd ask you to be punctual for your Tinder date? <laughs> <laughs> the really the nicest one was number twenty six, Levi Morton, who had a twinkle in his eye and somewhat enjoyed life. <laughs> it's just a really Richard brilliant Richard premise. Johnson, who made me and go? Rob, is that you? Who? Richard Mentor Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Fairbanks, who looks like he might have been Paul. <laughs> The best just, one, I really think it's the best really one creative. Is, the best one is Thomas Andrew Hendricks, who looked like a sadder, 
weaker Colin Firth. That is such good writing. That's a, such a great description of Thomas Andrew Hendricks that I can't – like I couldn't have came up with that. That's what was so like jumped out at me. It was just uh, the writing was subtle. You know, like it, it's I guess easier to make a funny paragraph than to make a funny sentence. Yes, and uh, it was just it, one. It's just really creative um, approach and <laughs> good research. I would not have thought there were pictures of all these jagamuffs that would right. be this funny. But lo and behold, yeah, it's a uh, it's just damn good piece of writing. Joe Aaron, Biden, good. Yeah, Joe Biden, I guess. <laughs> Aaron Burr, who was a bit of a murderer, but had a great profile. They're, they're all good. George Clinton, who cared too much for eyebrows. <laughs> Did you know that we had a vice president named William Rufus Devane King? No, but I, I didn't know how to say William Rufus Devane King was – there's only been 47 vice presidents. He was one of them. <laughs> William Rufus Devane King. I'll win a trivia contest with that someday. Mm-hmm. You'll never know which one he was the, pres the vice president for, but – No. I also like George H.W. Bush, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all good. I mean, it's it's, it's history combined with comedy, and it's a short, digestible read. So, um, Albin Albin Barkley, hot but problematic. <laughs> How about Millard Fillmore, aka eighteen hundreds Alec Baldwin? <laughs> Henry Agard Wallace, who loved to forage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Had some nice tomatoes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the fact that Elbridge Jerry came in third is so fucking funny. He, Elbridge I, Jerry, I, who looks like the bad guy from Lemony Snickets. Yes, he's Count Olaf. Yeah. He looks like Jim Carrey's Count Olaf. <laughs> but, he's the, but he's the third hottest <laughs> vice president. <laughs> uh, I, I had no idea about that the a Rockefeller of the was ever a vice president, or that was even had a high position in politics. Nelson Rockefeller? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I did not know that. Am I the only one? Okay. Aren't there like a whole line of Rockefellers that are like <laughs> deeply invested in politics because they've got oil money dating back to yeah? But forever, I didn't know they actually yeah, held. They were office. just invested in it. I thought not actually part of it. No, I thought they were. I thought there was a It surprises me not the, uh, even a little that Rockefellers are involved in politics, right? Or or, or so high ranking. Um, William Rufus Devane King was the vice president under Franklin Pierce. Ah, Franklin Pierce, who no one remembers was even a president. Yes. He's one of those well, he's one of those missing presidents. Like Pierce, Tyler, Taylor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, William Tyler Colfax, who Al looks Gore like was a creepy Lincoln. bastard even in his younger years. He looks like a serial killer. In he that really picture. does. It looks like a, like one of those Ted Bundy like, shots. That was yeah, no, like dead on. <laughs> to me, I think he it looks, looks like he's uh in Law and Order SVU. It, he looks to more according like to this. In one uh, of the early seasons. Looks like Jeff Goldblum's less attractive but still very attractive <laughs> older brother. 
<laughs> See, to me, he looks like he's a man who just invented the internet. That makes sense. Yeah. That isn't getting credit for it. Right. That's that's the look of a man who's going to take that and put it in a lockbox. Going to take the lockbox. You guys, you don't Didn't probably he also too young create to that. some kind of weather during machine the, during the debates? Like, ate the atmosphere or something? Yeah. yeah. That helped no, him track down Man Bear Pig? Yeah. His wife is the reason that you have uh, the explicit lyrics label on CDs back in the day. She is one of the 20 worst humans still alive. Old I, I saw that used right that, somewhere. So she was a rap artist who used such vulgar language that they had to create that label? No, so she's she, the one who called like Ice-T to Congress to chastise uh, him for his uh, dominion lyrics. It was um, – it was D. Snyder from Twisted I, no, Sister. I you. I'm not joking. In the Frank least, Zappa. I, I know you're was, not. Wasn't it Zappa, D. Snyder, and and uh, um, and well, I, I think she started. I think she went after like two live crew, but then like figured on Ice T was like her next target person. Right, but the, but then there was actually like there was uh, it, it was uh, you know he didn't care. Who the fuck was his name? Who sang Rocky Mountain High, Colorado? John Denver. John Denver, Frank Zappa, and D. Snyder came together to fucking like sunshine on me, your fucking shoulder, John Dent, <laughs> to speak against Tipper Gore and her fucking Tipper, like Tipper. Yeah, I don't know what I said. No, you were you're right. I was just, okay. Yeah, her name's mocking the piss out of it. <laughs> and what she wasn't even like an elected official. She was just she was nothing. Wife. She was just Al Gore's wife, right? The world we live in. Fucking amazing. And, and she's like the head of like Focus on the Family or one of those other pseudo-hate groups. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's an Oscar winner. Al Gore is an Oscar winner. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the inconvenient truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's inconvenient, all right. Didn't he also get a Grammy? Yeah. He's mm, probably he got sense. it, I wouldn't if be I had to guess. <laughs> With a face like that, it makes sense. Old Ted Bundy. You know what? I didn't. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what's that. Old Ted Bundy yes. to the tune of Brickleberry. Oh, <laughs> uh, God I'm bless you. Very impressed that you got that, actually. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Did you read what. Did you read Skylar Colfax's paragraph? Yeah, I read them all. I can't remember if I did. What a great name. Look, Skylar Colfax was hot, and not just a late 19th century kind of way. He had a full beard, but he didn't overdo it. He had a warm smile, and we can only assume a rocket bod. Admit it. You would bone Skylar Colfax, and it would be an <laughs> excellent experience. <laughs> How was it, your friends would ask you the next day? I think, I think I'm finally over Lincoln, you'd say, smiling. The sun would break through the crowds, and you'd finally forgive Charlotte for what she did. You're happy now. No one can take that away from you. Your phone buzzes. It's a text from Skylar. Had a great time last night, he says, and doesn't, and, and doesn't add a smiley face because that would be creepy. Me too, you'd reply. Want to grab coffee? <laughs> That's so good. It's even funnier if you read the earlier one, which actually references her uh... – or like right. Lincoln crush. I don't remember which vice oh, president. Oh, really? There's a whole narrative. Almost oh, hold on. Let me, let me uh, allow me. Is there really? Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. Yeah, there is. This is Lincoln. more in-depth than I thought. <laughs> hold on. Let me uh, allow me. this to us. 
because I, I read them all because I like to do show prep. Do you? Uh, where's that? Do you really? I do sometimes. I believe Shit. I. he likes to do show prep so good that when I sent him the original review, uh, he Nick, said, you, I'm you, not Nick, watching them. You give such good show prep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Uh, the, See, if, even if you go back Charles up to Fairbanks, 23. It goes further oh, back. Oh, 23? Sorry, well, no, go, it, go back to Charles Fairbanks. Uh, you'd hook up with Charles Fairbanks if you met him in a dark hipstery bar and you were still trying to get over that Charlotte Lincoln drama. You just would. <laughs> now, let me go <laughs> back to the – Andrew f- Johnson. Is it? Right? Okay. Take it away, Joe. Uh, the thing is you would go home with Andrew Johnson, Abraham Lincoln's VP at the end of the night, and it would be okay, even though the person you really wanted to get with was Lincoln, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but then you saw Lincoln snogging your friend Charlotte in the club, even though Charlotte knew you had a crush on Lincoln. And you didn't want to go home alone because then you'd have shaved your legs for nothing. He'd bring you a piece of toast in the morning with too much butter on it. You'd forget about him within a week, but wouldn't trust Charlotte again for a long while. And there you have it. Okay, I didn't know there was a continuing oh. through these. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a whole new website for me now. Like, I just read Walter Mondale <laughs> the first time. Yeah, I've read them all. In the vast spectrum of vice presidential hotness, Walter Mondale marks the exact midway point. He sits happily between those more hot and less hot than him with a smile that says, I'm a long way from being as butters as John fucking Calhoun. (laughs) (laughs) James Sherman looks like the kind of man who would fold and put away each item of clothing as he removed it before having sex. Mustn't wrinkle that shirt, he'd say, before climbing on top of you. He would keep his tiny little glasses on the entire time. <laughs> it's just it's just great. It's truly smart. <laughs> Chester A. Arthur, whose face just had a lot That's going also on. Also just a good <laughs> butt chin, fuzzy mutton chop, sticky hair, walrus rust smash, and a look that says I'm about to correct the grammar of your <laughs> casual joke. Something about John C. Breckenridge was just a little bit off. Maybe it was the way he always seemed to be gazing into another dimension. Maybe it was the way he woke up in the night screaming for the ghost to leave him alone, damn it. Maybe it was the thing he was hiding in his coat. (laughs) 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 Hubert Humphrey was probably a cute baby, but it was all downhill from there. (sighs) John Calhoun is possibly the worst looking man I've ever seen. I've never. He's an, he's amazing. Almost every. He looks like he's been dead. The town that I'm staying in is years. named after him. What was that, Joe? Almost every street in the town that I'm that I'm staying in that isn't named after the thing it drives by is Calhoun Street. <laughs> Just fun fact. Looks like Kate Beckinsale's about to take his head off with a sword. John Tyler succeeded William Henry Harrison in 1841 who was president for about 10 minutes before dying of pneumonia. Maybe that's why John Tyler looked like this. Maybe he feared the cold. Maybe he kept his office so hot that it melted his face a little. (laughs) You'd agree to go on a date with Hannibal Hamlin because in his Tinder profile pic, he was wearing a scarf and you couldn't see his neck spikes. (laughs) There are some odd facial hair choices. Jesus Christ, I can't believe I didn't read these. <laughs> I th- assumed that you had. Oh, man. 
I was Truman, like a bro Otherwise, who was like a nerd, but went to art my, school and did graphic didn't design and worked earlier, too My earlier Teddy Roosevelt joke. No, I didn't. Dude. What was that again, Joe? Uh, I was reading Harry S. Truman's. Uh, like a bro who looked like a nerd, but went to art school and did graphic design and wore culottes. <laughs> Check out my graphic design, he'd say. <laughs> Check out my graphic design, he'd say. That's such great writing. George Clinton's hair did a weird thing where it tufted up in the middle and looked like two waves breaking against each other on a stormy sea, which sounds romantic, but isn't a good look. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, shit. Thank well, you. thanks for indulging Thank you for that. Hey. Thank you. That's what we do. Did we did, did we possibly have a guest that can pull us out of this quagmire? Oh, we do have a guest. Well, I, I believe she's waiting to sacrifice Joseph first. Tremendous. Robo Samurai. I hope I hope by now I hope that means he's sacrificed to the dark uh, one of Eschaton. And he won't. And maybe Blah, he won't be on the podcast. I'm the dark the one. The Blah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Hi. There we oh, go. Oh, ah. Perfect. <laughs> Victory. Jeez. All right. Yes. Right. Skype is being a a rotten apple. Yes, it does that. I, I assume that means we're sticking with just the non-video calls. Yeah. Yeah, sure. we haven't progressed that that well socially. <laughs> we also have faces for radio, so. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. You know, you ever seen a no, like, Peabody and Mr. Sherman? Yes. Nick looks like the dog <laughs> on that show. I don't know. That's I don't a, know which one. That, that's <laughs> a bit harsh. I don't know which one that was. Okay, are you, are you, are you fond of the show Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives? Weeks. I was just saying, week in weekend, I get called Guy Fieri, and. So you can take a Mr. Sherman, okay? That's fair. <laughs> it's very fair. Lucy, for the record, I look nothing like Guy Fieri. <laughs> Except okay. in almost every way. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Everybody tells me I look like Christina Ritchie. Perfect. <laughs> See, that's, that's... You win. From Casper or Black Snake Moan? Oh, um, from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Think about doing, I'm thinking about doing that for his uh, Halloween costume this year. That'd be fantastic. Like, do a lot of terrible portraits of Barbra Streisand and just carry them around. Wear a peasant top. It could, could work. <laughs> <laughs> be fantastic. Come on, Joe. Why aren't you on the call, man? Oh, I compatriot is uh, on sabbatical in somewhere in the hinterlands of Connecticut. There's no, apparently no technology anywhere near him. Oh, are you all phoning in from different places? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's complicated for Skype. Rob and I are probably the... the closest, but we're an hour away from mm-hmm. each other. Ah. Nick is in Chicago. Joe is uh, in I don't know. It's like He's Pigeon Forge. Yep. Connecticut or something. <laughs> it's like cardboard, cardboard mulch, Connecticut. It's some weird. <laughs> everything there is supposedly very literal. Like the pizza place is called Pizza Place. <laughs> There's only rotary dial phones and uh, 
which which you know makes for some complications. They drink a lot of Senka. (laughs) (laughs) Still the fifties there. Yeah, he he just got back from a sock hop. It was something (laughs) wild. They still do in Connecticut, I am sure. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Lucy, where are you uh, located? L.A. Oh, naturally, of course. I'm in L.A. Technically, I'm in a place in L.A. called Manhattan Beach. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Right. uh, Are you a Rams fan yet? Oh, God. (laughs) The whole Rams thing. No, no, that'll take a little while. They'll have to actually, you know, build the stadium first, probably. Sure. Hey, your uh, uh, your head coach though has the best facial hair in all the sports. That is true, actually. That's 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 a reason to be a Rams fan. He also <laughs> looks exactly like uh, Ryan's dad. <laughs> um, if that helps anybody. Surprising, uh. <laughs> surprising plot twist this uh, football season. Out of my two Super Bowl picks, I didn't expect the Rams to be the better of the two at this point in time in this season. So that's neat. <laughs> we don't we don't sports much on this program, clearly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be terribly helpful with the sports, the sports um, conversations. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey Rob. Yes. Is Joe? Uh, I see the number for him popping up, but he's not he's not popping up on this. Like I've tried to add him it, several times at this point. Is that his number? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm going to give him one more shot and then we'll move ahead. Uh, That sounds like a plan. For some reason, all of like the, you know, the the Kings, the hockey team, they all live in essentially where I'm living. So that's a very big deal in Manhattan Beach. Oh, see, you go, you go mix it up socially with a little bit of the, the front line of the Kings there. Not really. Although they had a giant party last time they won and I got to sort of, Touch the Stanley Cup, which was fun. That's awesome. Shut up. That's really, really awesome. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was cool. <laughs> That's bucket list stuff there. <laughs> I like it when they, you know, uh, when the Hawks won it the last time, every, you know, everybody gets to spend their day with it or whatever. And uh, Nicholas Chalmerson, uh, he just ate cereal out of it all day. That's awesome. He just kept <laughs> filling it with cereal and milk. Well, that's, that's what he did with. That's you get. Probably. You get one day with Lord Stanley's cup, and he ate like a uh, golden grams out of it. <laughs> yeah, get get some actual mileage out of it. I can appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's respectable. That's probably what I would do, honestly. Just <laughs> it's sort of, it just seems so American. I just what's your uh, <laughs> what's your Stanley Cup cereal of choice then, Lizzie, if you were celebrating? I, oh God, my Stanley Cup cereal of choice. Well, what would you what would you be eating out of Lord Stanley's cup if you were spending mm. a day with the cup? Fruit Loops, definitely. So it's solid. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, I didn't have an answer to my own question, so um, (laughs) this is very me. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. uh, Ryan got me with Golden Grams. That's a pillar of my youth. I'm gonna go. It's either Golden Grams or Frosted Flakes, but I'm leaning Golden Grams. (laughs) Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. (laughs) Period. Period. Full stop. Uh, I'm gonna go two ends of the spectrum and say either like honey bunches of oats or like cocoa crisps. Nope, you can only pick one unless okay, you let's call go with suicide. Co- co- then, then you can then, put then them we'll both suicide. In the cup. It. That's what's happening. 
<laughs> Done. Honey bunches of oats and <laughs> cocoa crisp. That wouldn't be too bad. They're worse. So, so after that, we're we're not gonna wait. We're not gonna wait for Joe, yeah. Lucy. So you only get to talk to us three yahoos. But okay. After that long preamble, yes. Um, I'm Ryan. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you. And then and then we got uh, Nick. That is I. <laughs> and Rob. Hello. Hello. And he's he's Rob Bass, but he's not that Rob Bass. Just in case. Just, just in case you got excited that you were talking to Rob Bass. Uh, yes. Which one is the pixel? Which is the pixelated guy, and which one is Rick from Rick and Morty? Oh, uh, I guess I'm Rick because I definitely forgot that I changed this. I'm the pixelated guy. I'm okay. a, I'm the eight bit figure. All right. So, uh, you're Lucy. Yes. You're from Los Angeles. You mm-hmm. like Sherlock Holmes. I do. And you just had a uh, successful Kickstarter. I did. We just raised 25 grand. Nice. Congratulations. Score. Yeah. Very nice. I, yeah. I'm very pleased. My first it, Kickstarter and all. It was never in doubt. I thought you'd, I thought you did it the whole time. Well, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure the, it's different for you. I didn't know. I had it was my first Kickstarter, so it's like, am I doing very well? Am I doing very badly? I thought I was thought I was in trouble for a while, but everything I read said, nope, you you make up a, you make tons of money in the final bit, and we just blew on right past our goal. And so I been- I uh, I backed your Kickstarter, so I'm yes, looking forward did. to that. But mm-hmm. I don't know if the other two did. So if you'd like to tell them a little bit about uh, Moriarty's Web, right? I'll let you have the floor. All right. Well, I come from a board game design family. That's just a thing. My dad's been in board game design industry forever, so I kind of have by proxy. And I well, hold on, I, I, I can't let you go any farther. Yes. What does what does that like board game design? Like, is he one of the Parker brothers? Well, he worked at Parker Brothers. <laughs> or, them or, are because, long dead now. <laughs> so, like, what is there? Maybe a, a, a game? Maybe he worked on that we would be recognized. Um, all of the Harry Potter games. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I believe I've heard of those. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. I just couldn't let that go. I, I, we've never had uh, someone who. That's a really cool thing to put on a business card. Board game design. So. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, there are people who do it now, more now than there were 10 years ago, mm-hmm. a lot more. Oh, yeah. Board games are having a little bit of a, a renaissance, which is fantastic. Which is, which is awesome. Yes. And, uh, my favorite, and the, my favorite types of board games are having a renaissance that sometimes they're called gateway games, sometimes they're called Euro style games, but. Clever, but some clever central mechanic, couple rules, keep it a little simple, but very but complex strategy. But the game itself is not. I, I don't. I don't really like a lot of those gamery, housekeeping type games where here's the checklist of the twelve things you have to do on your turn. It just feels like work. <laughs> anyway, board game. I'm from. My family is a board game design industry family which is a is a thing probably not many that's really cool though yeah no yes. for sure no it's it's very cool it, dad was a dad's been 
Mattel and Parker Brothers and Spin Master and consults now independently, consults and invents independently. But I spent a lot of my childhood in and around all these play tests. So that's the whole thing. It's like, yep, play this, play this game. Is this game fun? Why is this game fun? What parts of the game are fun? What games of parts of the game could be more fun? What is frustrating? What's confusing? That's just how I think about board games. Anyway, I'm also a massive Sherlock Holmes fan, and I have been that since forever as well. They're two of the longest constants in my life. <laughs> and it always you could you could do worse, right? I could do a lot worse. Yes, absolutely. And it always bothered me that there was no real decent Sherlock Holmes game, Sherlock Holmes board game. Like you think there should be. <laughs> it seems kind of obvious. He's he solves crimes. He talks about his crime solving like it's a game. It's it's cool. There never was. And so for my first solo game design project, well, solo, I mean, dad and I, you know, work, work on work on games together a lot these days. But the first one I helmed had to be a Sherlock Holmes game. So Moriarty's Web is a couple interesting things. It's a cooperative game. To start with, because I love cooperative games and I don't think there are enough of them. So everybody wins or everybody uses, loses. Everybody wins or everyone, everybody loses. And you play it on a board of shifting tiles. The idea is that Moriarty is a tile in the middle and all the unsolved crimes in London are tiles and you sort of place them around him in a circle. And Moriarty's behind Wicked Professor Moriarty is behind all of the crimes in London. You just don't know how. And you have to build a case outwards from the center. And you do that by connecting Moriarty to the crimes with clues and with witnesses and with informants and that kind of thing. And you end up with a with a board game with and you end up with a board that looks kind of like a web with Moriarty in the center. But the other thing is, because you play against Moriarty, Moriarty is a deck of cards, at the end of your turn, Moriarty gets his turn, and he tries to break up your case, and he steals clues, and he kidnaps witnesses, and he kidnaps you, and he just messes up your whole thing. So there's a huge mechanic of moving the board around and reconnecting connections that he breaks up and getting to a place where he's not overwhelming you. And... That's essentially the game. A lot of the strategy comes with what combination of people you play, because you play as Holmes or Watson, Irene Adler, Mycroft, Inspector Lestrade, or Mrs. Hudson, and they all have particular powers that they get, and who you play, what order you play them in. There are, there are just strategies from then on in, but that's that's the idea. That's... Right. I feel a pretty fair explanation. Well, the, the, the reason I backed your game is because, well, first of all, your 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 Kickstarter video was aces. <laughs> Thank you. So you that that alone drew me in. But the the last game I played that was, and it's funny you touched on it. There's a, there's a Sherlock Holmes game I played. I don't know if it was by Avalon Hill or. Uh, it was, it was called Two Twenty One B Baker Street. Yep, that's the last, and that was that had to be mid nineties. I played that game, 
Yes. Uh, and I couldn't even remember how it even goes now, but that's the it was a quality game. It's the last game Sherlock Holmes remember playing, and I'm trying to build kind of a local game board game club, and I was like, you know what, this game is perfect for that. It just it yes. just seemed it seemed perfect for that. It is absolutely perfect for that. It's there's interesting strategy for an experienced game player if you're a beginner and you don't quite know what's going on that's okay the game supports that too i think that's extremely important in a game that everybody should be able to play it and follow along and have fun it's 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 very fun and it's uh you win you beat moriarty about one time in three one time in four and it's very satisfying when you do it's it's, oh wow yeah well it'd be boring if you beat him too often (laughs) that's true Anywhere in the game, uh, is there, uh, did the Baker Street Irregulars play a role? Because that's one of my favorite things. Oh, I'm sure oh they're fantastic. No, right, they're, cool. they're one of, they're one of the informants. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Perfect. Which is, what said, they, which is what they do, of course. Absolutely. And, and you said that Irene Adler is a playable piece, which is also absolutely. Yes. Dashing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is actually my youngest daughter's middle name is Adler, uh, named oh, after I, named after Irene Adler. So, oh, that's fantastic! Oh, that's such a good name. Don't tell my wife she thinks I named her after the planetarium in Chicago because I like the because <laughs> I like the stars and stuff. <laughs> okay, but she doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. So, perfect. Ah, well, Irene Adler, <laughs> such a great namesake. <laughs> So, um, successful Kickstarter, is there plans at all to, I mean, do you have plans maybe for, for more? Well, yes. Kickstarters get cumulatively easier. You know, you do one Kickstarter and you start building up a bit of a following just on Kickstarter and without, um, without, and you start getting relationships with game reviewers and podcasts like you guys. So it just becomes so much easier it'll be so much easier to do the next one. I'm not positive. Uh, uh, And to know if this is particularly successful, I could see expansions. I may see just doing an entirely new, new game. Next time I, next time I do a Kickstarter, we'll probably have a similar geeky theme, but yeah, it's a little tough to, it's a little funny to think that hard at far ahead because I'm still in such a place of, all right, well, I need to build. I, I need to build a proper website for this game so I can sell it to people. And I need to get the website to talk to the fulfillment house because I don't want them to talk to me to talk to the fulfillment house and make sure that the factory is all on, you know, all on schedule. And just, you know, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> so be, before I move into the Sherlock Holmes part of this, uh, what are some of your what are some of your favorite board games? Because we have ours. Like I'm a I'm a Catan fan. Oh, Catan's fun. Um, I'm a sadist and really enjoy Monopoly. You like, are a sadist. Disgustingly, like get like a sick satisfaction out of like watching people flip tables. So. <laughs> Rob, Rob, have I ever told you about when we used to play as kids with my brother and my mom and my dad? I think you. no, I think you've told me a couple of the stories. I don't believe so. Dad would try to swindle Jake and I out of properties. He would say, like, hey, like, I'll give you, like, uh, you know, I'll give you Baltic, and you'll have that Monopoly there. 
but you got to give me that railroad. No, nope, it's would, all about the railroads. <laughs> and he would hide his, he'd hide his stuff underneath the board. So you yep. Oh, and then, those. so he'd give you the Monopoly and you're like, I'm like 10. So I'm like, yeah, a Monopoly. The game's called Monopoly. I just got a Monopoly. And then he would have all four railroads. Well, it got to the point where mom would interject and say like, no, Ryan, don't do that. So dad came up with the rule that every time mom interjects, she has to put a hundred dollars in free parking. <laughs> so dad would make bad deals with us to either swindle us. And if mom spoke up, he'd bankrupt her. By having her pay all of her money into free parking <laughs> and run her right out of the fucking game. That's my kind of cutthroat monopoly. Like Keep I can mind, I can really respect that. We stopped playing Monopoly altogether about <laughs> three weeks after that. That is not a hugely unusual story. I I <laughs> I, because I, I take this thing around to cons and it's Sherlock stuff where people might not necessarily be game players and they're all like, oh, I don't do rooms. I'm, I'm like, why? I say, because I had this traumatic experience playing Monopoly. <laughs> that is, is always Monopoly. <laughs> and the free parking rule is a, is a house rule also. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. one of, it's one of the things that makes the game goes, plays. <sighs> It's one of the re- it's the reason really that it's got the reputation for being as long as it is because if you don't play with that rule it ends fairly quickly, you know, compared to imperatively. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's of course was invented as more of a capitalism simulator than it is a a game. It's an odd game in that respect. It is odd in that uh, respect. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I play. My family tends to be, uh, we play a lot of risk. Amen. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it's great. It's, we've got, well, the normal risk board is too small. So we've got this fantastic one that we made that's the size of the dining room table. So what, because <laughs> what is the point of playing Risk unless you could pretend to be being a general in his, in, in his war room? Of course you made a table size version. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then we have our CDs, uh, our, our mix of Risk playing music. Um, okay, so so what's, what would be a song on your Risk soundtrack? It's primarily movie soundtracks. You know, it's like Gladiator and Braveheart and Lord of the Rings, and so like not a lot of not a lot of like Mark. Oh, brother, where art thou? Dire not, Straits. Not, not big. No, not really. It, 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 because what you want is, of course, near the end when you turn in all your risk cards and you've got your gigantic army of doom that you pick up in two hands. Then you really want the music to, to do something heroic in the background and then you just dump it on somebody. Right, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to put your whole army on Irk Tusk while Billy Idol's <laughs> white wedding is playing. Uh, it just, it kills, you know what? It kills the mood. <laughs> it's bad for morale. Hey little sister, what have you done? Well, I mean, unless you're the younger sister, that would probably be good timing. Uh, um, so let's Are you, see, a, you, well, you're a, you're a risk fan. Are you a Stratego fan? You know, I, I worked on Stratego. That's one of the places my dad consults with. I worked what? on I worked on four player Stratego. Nice. What? That's really cool. <laughs> yes. Huh. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played any of the more recent Strategos with the new piece, the cannon. No. Okay. 
I think it really fixes the game. Really? All right. In what way? Well, because one of the smartest things to do, like one of the most foolproof risk strategies is actually to send out your marshal first and then to just mow down a lot of people and then, and, and then, you know, get himself probably, and then sacrifice him to get at the other marshal. And then you've got like a, you know, and, and then you've got like your, but you, then you've got your next highest piece. You've got your nine, your 10 has gone, but you've got your nine and you leave him in reserve. So you can absolutely have a situation where you have easily the most powerful thing on thing on the board and the other person's spy is useless because, you know, it's not your mo you know, it's not your 10, it's your nine. So the, 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 the cannon is basically a piece that if you know what piece you're attacking, it can, it can kill. So it, it really speeds up the end of the end of Stratego, which I always find very, very slow moving. It is. And it's just annoying. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, no. Hmm. I, I gotta I, get myself a new Stratego board. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and the four-player Stratego actually plays really well. I think it plays very well. We'll have to test that out. No, uh, you no, mentioned going to. Uh, going to some cons. So what are some of your uh, favorite cons to hit up? And do you uh, go to Gen Con at all? I have been to Gen Con. Gen Con is great. I did not get to go this year. Mm. I will bring the game to it next year, I'm sure. This year, my biggest cons were Comic-Con, of course, San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and Strategic-Con. All right. Just board game con. And where's where's that one at? It's very, it's, it's, it's very nearby me. It's in LA as well. Okay. Okay. Nick, we need to move to LA. I think, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's what's holding us back. I'd second that. You're saying we can't dominate from this position of power in the swanky Midwest. <laughs> well, and, and Pigeons Grove, Connecticut. Right. Right. Don't forget proxy. that. Don't forget the, uh, the, the like the tech haven. Yeah. They say it's the Silicon Valley of the uh, of Connecticut. Right. Mm-hmm. Rock. Of Northwest Connecticut. Yeah. And that's because there's literally a valley that has a lot of silicon in it, and that's what they call. I mean, because everything there is very literal. Yeah, a lot of old money. From the silicon <laughs> boom. The, Conne- the Connecticut silicon boom of eighteen ninety six. Wow. Okay. Strong. That is strong. So Sherlock. Yes. So Sherlock, we keep getting off topic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, just, we're great about well, that. Well, the, the real <laughs> question, I, I think, I, I'm just tagging in here, is: Are you a Robert Downey Jr. or Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlocker? Neither. Johnny Lee Miller, all the way. Really? Yeah. Wow. I oh. didn't see that coming at all. I, I promise you, I did not see that coming. No, no, no contest. It's all about Johnny Lee Miller. Well, now, what's your who's your Watson? Who's my Watson? I actually yeah. think all three of the current Watsons do amazing jobs in their own way. I think. Uh, I'm not, I'm not no. going to let you get away with that. I know you're not. No, I know. I know. The, the correct answer is is Martin Freeman. Well, okay. I was That's the correct I was answer. Explaining, I was explaining because Watson is a diff, more difficult role than Holmes. 
Yes. Everybody can probably play Holmes. Like, come on. Like, you know, uh, it's because he's a he's a caricature. He's an exaggeration. But Watson, who's sort of the emotional heart of the thing. Jude Law was wonderful. Jude Law Watson made Watson cool again, which is. Well, Jude Law made Watson not. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that Watson was the Watson from the Great Mouse Detective. Yes, everybody thinks, oh, Watson, he's the he's the stupid, you know, he's the duffer sidekick person. And, and he's a ladies' is, man. He's a ladies' man? He's a, he's a pugilist. He's a doctor? He's, Absolutely. He's definitely the guy you want to bring home to meet your parents. Um, he's very interesting. Watson's great. And, and if you and reading the stories, it's always fun because Watson, Watson narrates them, but he always he'll always do something extremely badass. It'll be like an, and then I sat with my gun to his head. But Holmes was really doing something, doing something interesting over there. Like, Watson, Watson, can we focus for a second on that cool thing you just did? <laughs> He's humble. He's very humble. He does that all the time. Also, his cure for everything is brandy. Distal brandy. It's great. Uh, so he well, was great. Sher- Sherlock had a cure for everything, too, and it was a little more hardcore than brandy. Bless him. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, inventor of the speedball. <laughs> yep. Who'd have thought that? Yeah. Yeah, so he's... Belushi, Belushi thought he was going to his mind palace, too. But... <laughs> so... That's so terrible. God. <laughs> um, right. So Jude Law, great. And they're very funny. Great chemistry. Martin Freeman is a revelation. Like, wow. He is so good. And actually, really like Lucy Liu's Watson. Uh, there was this Robert Doherty, Doherty. Originally, the idea, originally for the first season of elementary was that she was not Watson. She was to be an, she was to be a new character and Watson was dead. And that was why Holmes had fallen off the wagon. And that's why he has come from London to New York city as he does at the start of the show. But that 10, that, that, that got changed in rewrites. So, Oh, but I think a lot of the character, she's a very, very different take on Watson. And I think that's a big part of the reason why, but yeah. If I had to if, if you put a gun to my head, it's Martin Freeman because So you're going Johnny Lee Miller, Martin Freeman is your dream Watts Holmes Watson of people that are currently cast. Of people who do are you, currently cast, yes. Do you have Johnny maybe a Miller? Do you have maybe like a he's never played Holmes, but this is a guy I think should play Holmes in your head? Ish? I, I don't. So I mean I know that like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are coming out with a Sherlock Holmes movie where Will Ferrell plays Sherlock Holmes and John C. Riley plays Watson. It'll probably so be kind of fun. It'll probably be I'm I'm totally cool with it, but I I don't have any other dream cast for them because I don't know if I could do better than Bumblebutt Cooper Snatch and and Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of wish, and this is just so, I kind of wish that Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart had gotten into their heads to play Holmes and Watson, like, in the, like, in, like, the late 70s. Oh, yeah. That would have been so cool. That would have been so cool. Well, because Ian McKellen just played Holmes. Yes, and he did, I thought, a wonderful job. I, I thought it was a great, it was a very good movie. 
Yes. But it would have been. It would be great to see those two as as like in their dotage, old. Oh, oh, god! Like, I'm, do it I, now! Like, make that movie I would now! Love, I would love to see that movie now. That would be so great, and I, Patrick Stewart would be a really cool Watson. Oh yeah, he would be an awesome with a little derby hat, <laughs> oh, little mustache. God. Yes, and Ian McKellen is just already such a good Sherlock. Holmes. I, that would be fantastic. Doesn't even need to be in the Sir Ian, Sir Patrick. It doesn't even have to be a movie. It could be a stage show. You guys like doing stage shows together. Oh, a stage play. Yeah, I see it. And it's just them in. It's a, it's a it's a one stage one yes. set. It's yeah. it's right there in in Holmes's apartment at two twenty one B. Yeah, and some violin, and he shoots his pistol into the wall. Oh yeah, and. Oh. Fantastic. Oh my God, that would be great. You see it, right? And like I am. Yeah. And, and that's the and they would get that. Like like the, the way that especially in the later stories, you, you, you do you do get how Holmes and Watson just know each other so well and are such good friends and are so comfortable with each other that they can essentially read each other's minds and just sort of know what the other one's doing just without even looking. And 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 like Ian, Sir Ian and Sir Patrick are such old friends, and that's how they kind of interact with each other when they're together doing interviews and things. A, I a, think be, it would a beautiful, work a, a beautiful seventy-year-old American actress as Irene Adler. Ah, you could do it. I'm sure. Try, I was gonna say I was gonna say Helen Mirren, but she's not a she's not she's not a Yank. She's she's British. They could maybe talk Meryl Streep into it. Meryl Streep. There you go. God, that would be – how much money do you want to make on Broadway? <laughs> All the money. <laughs> wow. Everyone would go see that. Yeah. Uh, so that's well, – we Go on. Go ahead. Okay. We, we, would be, we would be doing Holmes a disservice if all we did was talk about his portrayal in movies. We should probably mm-hmm. talk about the stories. Right. And, you, got, you know, you got, as – You got a favorite? Yeah. Oh, and as a sidebar, one of the reasons I like Johnny Lee Miller best as Holmes, and I realize it's an unusual choice, is that he is, I think, pretty objectively the most like the way Holmes is written in the stories, much more so than 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 than, than Bombadil Cumbersnatch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good one. Uh, my favorite story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a real soft spot for uh, Charles Augustus Milverton. Oh, yes. If you haven't, anyone, anyone who isn't listening, if you haven't read any stories, don't start with that one. Start with Scandal Bohemia and Silver Blaze. Uh, but I have a huge soft spot for. Charles Augustus Milverton. It's got a couple things. I love it. First, when Holmes goes up against blackmailers, because Holmes kind of hates blackmailers more than he hates murderers. It's this interesting kind of thing he does. So he tends tends to get a he gets kind of involved and starts to act a little less logically whenever a blackmailer is involved. Like in Augustus Milverton, where it, 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 there is no way to bring down the blackmailer legally, and they must in fact burgle his house 
and he tells Watson this plan and there's just a wonderful thing. What's Watson's like, I'm going with you. And he's like, no, you're not. Watson's like, yes, I am. Holmes is like, no, you're not. And Holmes is like, I will go to Lestrade this second and I will tell him what you are about to do. This is ridiculous, Holmes. And, and Holmes is okay. And Watson's <laughs> like, excellent. I shall make us black silk masks. <laughs> and then, and just, it's a really wonderful image of the two of them burgling this blackmailer's house when in black silk masks, tennis shoes and evening wear because they just came from the opera. So excellent. And it's all, I was like the ones when, when Holmes, you know, let's all let, let's a criminal off at the end. Well, that's, that's part of the reason I like the adventures of the blue carbuncle. Oh, I love the blue carbuncle. That was so much fun. I I have it on cassette, which is weird. And I, I, I have a, I, I make my family listen to it at Christmas. Is it the Sir John Gilgood one? Yes. Oh, no way! Ugh. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so he's my first Holmes, you know. I had sure. Those, I had those when I was little. I had those when I was little. All of the Sir John Gilgood radio show from the 50s. And they're amazing. They're all really good. I just... Oh my god! I never run it to people who have any idea what I'm talking yeah, about. It's the, okay. o- it's the only one I have, and I got it at a garage sale for like oh. a nickel. Oh, so I was like, okay. "Oh, I had a nickel for the blue carbuncle." And then, oh. being a Christmas tale, I yes. put it in during Christmas time, and I I have everybody listen to the blue carbuncle. Oh, that is so cute! That is a yeah. wonderful, wonderful Christmas idea. I may have to steal that. Feel free; <laughs> it's it's yours. Just take okay. it. You don't have to steal it. I'll give it to you. Thank you. But that's yeah. That's an example. Just the whole thing about dream casting decisions. Why did Orson Welles never play Mycroft? No idea. It's sad. He's uh, he's Moriarty in in that in the Sir John Gilgood series, and he's great. He's he plays Moriarty as just supremely confident and kind of bored. It's it's very Orson Welles. Anyway, Nick Nick or Rob, do you have any favorite Sherlock Holmes story? Um. I'm trying to think. Are you going to say the Hound of the Baskervilles? No. I think it might be Bohe- uh, Scandal in Bohemia. I thought you were going to say Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, you almost I, did. I really, really enjoyed him. You know, my Bohemian favorite Sherlock Holmes is Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I really enjoyed <laughs> just, his mustache. And he, re- he he's wore just a some really boy. tight pants. <laughs> Great singer, though. Big teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Scandal Bohemia is you read it and the King of Bohemia comes in and he just sort of assumes Holmes is going to drop everything and work on his case, which Holmes hates. Yeah. Holmes is is almost a reverse snob. It's kind of funny. There was a, apparently it's amazing Soviet Russian Sherlock Holmes television series. Perfect. Apparently it's really good, but I kind of see how they got there. But I love Scandal Bohemia because it's he doesn't he clearly doesn't like his client. His client bugs him. His client gives us carte blanche to solve the mystery. So the BBC Sherlock, he just stages a little he, he just, you know, stages a little altercation by himself. In the stories, he hires all of his out-of-work actor friends to stage a gigantic brawl in front of Irene Adler's house. And he's clearly doing this to be difficult. 
because he doesn't like his client it's, and solve the case in the most complicated, most expensive way possible. It's Holmes at his snarkiest, and I think it's oh, just beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Do you have uh, any picks? Is he dead? Uh, I, I really don't. I haven't done enough of the literary side of it to even pretend to throw something in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I'm sad. There's, there's also I've always I also I also kind of secretly love the three Napoleons, just because it's it's a really good Inspector Lestrade one, and I or Lestrade. The television seems series seems to have decided it's Lestrade now, because it's just Lestrade coming in, being like Holmes. I'm not even sure if it's a crime, but someone keeps smashing busts of Napoleon, and I don't know why, and I don't know who else to ask about this. I have no theories. Please help me. <laughs> Holmes is like, oh. Holmes is like, oh, a weird crime. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, he can't help himself. Uh, it's like, what? maybe someone really hates Napoleon. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, at the uh, at the end of every show, we do this thing called the geekery, and you have you have made me rethink mine now. I don't know what that means. Well, <laughs> in I, way. no, in a, in a in a in a good way. I, I I'm gonna have to pivot from what I have been geeking on this week. I think because I just forgot something that I was geeking on because of something you just said. Ah, uh, okay. But uh, you could either go first or last. We like to give guests the choice. We don't want to put them on the spot. I mean, we do, but we just want to give them the choice to be on the spot or not. If that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I'll probably go last. Um, last? Okay. That's bold. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Rob, what have you been geeking on this week? Uh, well, I, uh, I got to watch the series premiere of Westworld. And let's take a second and talk about how fucking fantastic that is. Because it is really, really it good. It is really good. The shots are just, like, disgustingly beautiful. Like, they're, they're so well done. The transitions are so smooth. Um, the, the acting is uh, incredible. I, I tried watching it a little bit last night, and I ended up falling asleep just because I was watching it at like three o'clock, two o'clock, something way later than I should have been. And then, so I went back and I actually sat down and watched it today. And like uh, the the actress that plays Dolores is incredible. Like uh, Rachel Wood, yeah, Evan Rachel Wood, yeah, yeah. Just uh, isn't Rachel Wood the uh, uh, um, the, 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 like one of the assistants and, Oh, maybe, I don't know. I can't remember, but, uh, wh- whoever plays Dolores absolutely slays. Ed Harris is a, a terrifying reflection of humanity and it's really cool. Uh, Anthony Hopkins as always is just a class act and I'm, I'm waiting to see, like, I feel like he's going to turn into the villain at some point somehow. So I'm really intrigued to see like how, how they build his character up. Um, so I'm, I enjoy, it. I haven't watched the original Westworld. This is my introduction to it. And I, I think just because it is, I might even forgo it for a while, at least until this season, uh, this, this season is done. Um, 
but it definitely does uh, have Michael Crichton uh, wrote all over it. Giant Park that is some uh, mad and visionaries. <laughs> he had like, some sort of fetish with giant right, and then, and then Things are going to go drastically wrong because somebody pushed the boundaries on science just a little too far. Like, yeah, he's a it, it, he's it, a pseudoscience it, and park <laughs> fetishist. Yeah, no. <laughs> like some people are into feet. Mm-mm, not, not Michael not Crichton. Michael Crichton. <laughs> So, but uh, I, I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm really excited for the rest of this. Um, so I will, I will definitely have to keep you guys uh, and the rest of the podcast posted on it. So it's, it's really enjoyable. Uh, Nick, what about you? What have you been geeking on? Um, Pee wee baseball. Watching or playing? Yeah, no, no. Well, I guess lump it all into baseball. It's MLB playoff time, but I have not. Uh, I have not had the TV on. I've not seen a show or a movie or opened a book since uh, our last taping. It's just I've just been completely buried, um, and most of that's been yeah coaching two Pee Wee teams and then uh, getting a little little case of Cubs fever on the side. So um, oh, baseball little, in general, but specific, what's that? Yeah, well, a little know, case. It's it's starting to spread. My erection hasn't gone away in seven days. I think, I think you're supposed to see that. Call a doctor. I, it was. Or, I think yeah. Four hours was the limit, supposedly. Um, so yeah, well, uh, all facets of it: coaching two Pee Wee fall ball teams, and then uh, little MLB playoffs on the side is all I've had time for. Well, you're doing God's work. Yes, you know. Teaching the teaching the little six year olds how to turn two. It's gonna be the death of me. Uh, Rye, how about you? Um, I was also going to say Westworld, but then Lucy said the word Napoleon, and for some reason I started thinking about Dan Carlin's hardcore history. Oh Atta so boy. good. So good. I am I okay. uh, I, I'm in the combine all, like all day by myself so i i can just i can plug it in to the radio and just there's nothing better than knowing i've got like five hours to kill and a five hour long podcast so i just uh uh, what is it recipe for armageddon well i've already i've already uh listened to the the world war one on the, the the battle, uh, yeah, it's like the cook pot for Armageddon or something. I can't yeah, what he so calls it. Are you are you going backward? Are you in are you in Bonaparte? Like, I'm. Uh, I know. I uh, I just finished Prophets of Doom, which mm. is about the Protestant Reformation. Which, if you would have oh, told God. me, if you would have said like, "Hey, do you want to sit down and listen to me talk for five hours about the Protestant Reformation?" I would just punch you in the throat and then go about my day. <laughs> I'd, I'd say like like no sir, and I just but Dan he Carlin can talk has, about almost anything and make it. He's got a way that all of a sudden it's five hours later, and I'm like I'm clamoring for five hours more on the Protestant Reformation. <laughs> um, so I listened to that one, and then I just I just got done listening to uh, the American Peril, which what's cool about Dan Carlin is he picks topics that like no one knows about. Like of course I'm familiar with the Rough Riders, and I'm familiar with like the charge up San Juan Hill. But, and like, but I, I really don't know anything about the Spanish American war or about, uh, the tenor of America at the time. And now I know all of that. Thanks to Dan Carlin. So that's what I've been geeking on this week is some, some long 
standing buddy time with my man Dan. <laughs> All right, it's a good one. Luce, how about you? As a side note about Dan Carlin, who is indeed amazing, uh, he, doesn't he talk with exactly the same cadence as Heath Ledger's Joker? Oh boy, I had to totally put him side doesn't. by side. Oh, I would he too. talks. He talks like this, just like Heath Ledger's Joker, and it's it's very difficult to to unhear it once you've heard it. I'm almost. I yeah. I'm gonna have to give it a listen now. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to <laughs> almost like try to cue him up side by side. Uh, no, no, it's, it's exactly, is... no, it's it's just like it. It's just <laughs> like it. It's like it's like listening to the Joker talk about World War One. Terrible. <laughs> that's, that's actually some sort of nightmarish. Like that's, you do, a, that's you the, actually do a pretty good Dan Carlin. I'm not doing Dan Carlin. I'm doing Heath Ledger's The Joker. Okay, Perfect. well then, yeah. So then your point is proven because I thought you were doing a good Dan Carlin. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, that was my. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. All right. That's funny. I suppose the thing I've been geeking out this week is the new Tim Burton movie is really good. It's been a long, yes, and it's been a long while since I could say that. A really long while. I like it. It's like uh, Ed Scissorhands or Beetlejuice. Uh, uh, Big Fish, probably. Ah, Big Fish was a good movie. Big Fish was good. And uh, Sweeney Todd was fun but since that no oh, stop yourself it was it was uh, fun. nick i thought it was i fun. like sweeney todd for the most part yeah i don't think saying it's fun says it's good yeah i found it enjoyable i misunderstood I it was good but yeah i found it enjoyable it's a it's a seven that's so fair. you're known you're that's known to be fair. way generous not give it a seven, though. So, I think yeah, you're, you're just the world's well, I, cynicism bundled up into one being. Nicholas. I own it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I own the, the movie, so I can't give it a six. I mean, you can, but... You could. But then, I, but then I'd have to throw the movie away. <laughs> Is that how it works? That's your cutoff? Yeah, off. You throw away anything under a six? Oh. I, throw away anything under, I throw away anything under a seven. Mm. Which is so why, I why, still you, have, that's why you have to always be overly generous on it. That's why I still have rounders. Oh, blow me. That's why it's why I still own boiler room. <laughs> you cannot put those two in the same tier. You jack stroke. Sorry, Lucy. We get on these tangents and sometimes it takes it's a strong, all- like a thundering velvet hand to bring us back. I've gone on some tangents of my own as well. I, I- I can't really say anything about that. <laughs> but boiler but room. The, but the but sort of sort of together. There hasn't been a there hasn't been a good Tim Burton in a really long time. And Miss Peregrine's Home for, Pecu- for Peculiar Children was was really good. All right. Also, as a thing to sort of. The thing to go with that, the other movie I saw this week was Kubo of the Two Strings, which is the latest offering from that. You must blink. Do it now. Ah. 
I really liked it. And I loved it. It was it was amazing. Right. And I was worried about them because they that, that studio started off so strong with Coraline and then Paranorman and Box Trolls were sort of unfocused, like pretty, but kind of a little bit all over the place. But Kubo of the two strings. I cried like a I, baby. I cried like a baby. Oh, God. Yeah. That no, I shouldn't sad. say it. I, I was a basket of tears. Oh, I cried. <laughs> movie made me cry and it was beautiful and it was well thought out and reminded me of Miyazaki a little bit and yeah that's never that's never a bad thing no it was very good that's a good that's a good Dory that's a good uh, Geek Weekly there that was nice yeah you've been geeking on something I like that me yeah I'm almost always geeking on something I'm always geeking on something you should have heard me the other week when I couldn't shut up about Spartacus. <laughs> it's really good, by the way. Okay. It really, hold, I mean, really holds up. The, uh, the Gods of the Arena series. No. is that's the, or like the, That string of Spartacus is what you're talking about. Gods of the Arena was the best season, in my opinion, just because of the impromptu. Like, not the same Spartacus, I mean, the, the stars one. I mean, I'm prom- talking about the one what? with Tony Curtis. Right. I'm just... Like, what's the thing? That's the thing. Uh, sorry, <laughs> but I'm not. But I'm not. That was that. That was not this week. It was the other week. Rob <laughs> likes Spartacus on on stars because there's orgies and boobies. Yeah, it's the best part. And, and then, and like, then people that die why, in the arena. Like they they started making like television series in general. Like because of Spartacus. Well, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like, wasn't Spartacus just like the all father of television? <laughs> And we finally have a show title. You're thinking of you're thinking of Mash, ah, by the way. But easily confused those two. Yes, Spartacus, the All Father. <laughs> there are literally not two television shows with less in common than Spartacus, <laughs> than, than Spartacus and Mash. <laughs> I mean, there was Rome. Rome had you know, Rome had all those things as well. Uh, Dead guys. Also had really. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> well, where can where can our uh, listeners uh, either find you on social media or where can they where can they find uh, your game? Well, we're currently in process of building the website. We don't actually have any games yet, quite to sell. They haven't made them yet, but they will soon. So we'll be more. So we'll be Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty's Web dot com. We're Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty's Web on Twitter. And we're Moriarty's Web on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. And you can also fix, um, visit our Kickstarter page, which is—I uh, mean, at the, we're not fully funded, so it's—it's it's not funding at the moment. But you can. But that is an excellent way to message me if you want to ask a question about the game. <sighs> yeah. Right. You uh, please let us know when your website gets up and running. We'll uh, we'll tell everybody. Oh, fantastic! Where to find you? Yes, thank you. Well, it so will they, be. It will be that we have the domain. It's just being built at the moment. Oh, perfect. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, continuing. Good luck to you. Thank you and, so uh, much. And thanks for coming on. And uh, anytime you want to talk, uh, uh, I could do an entire episode just on Stratego strategy. So anytime you want to come talk, just let us know. Oh my God, Stratego strategy <laughs> and risk strategy. And then oh, there's absolutely. And then there's and Dan Carlin, and uh, you know, eventually when you come around on Johnny Lee Miller, 
<laughs> when I come around on Johnny Milly Bill or what? Are you guys going to tell me that it ought to be Benedict Cumberbatch this whole time? No. I, no. Wouldn't do that nope. Okay. Christopher, we, want you, we want you to find that on your own. Right, Christopher Plummer? <laughs> oh, sure. Basil Rathbone. <laughs> Jeremy Brett. No, it's Jeremy Brett. There you go. Everybody likes Jeremy Brett. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so come on, better to cover back. She's too cool. You know. I, I'm. Listen. He owns I'm, himself too much. He's you're on your own journey. Yet you, you have to <laughs> take your own journey. We'll just we'll be here for you when it comes full circle. Come back around. And Cumberbatch always welcomes those who stray back into the fold. He does. He does. He, he's a he's he a very he's a generous and forgiving Cumbersnatch. He has a large coat. A very large coat mm-hmm. that he'll he'll envelop you in. I'm right about this, though. He's, he's, <laughs> I'm right about this. There are so many ways in which he differs in significant ways from the homes of the stories. It's a thing. It's a thing. Well, thanks for being here, Lucy. Thank you for yeah, joining. No, it's giving us a little time. It's fun. Yes. Appreciate All it. Right. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. This was fun. Oh, anytime. Thank you. Till next time. Till next time, I guess. All right. Cheers. Cheers. If you don't get enough of Geek Cash Joe, check me out on my other show, This Freakin' Show, at thisfreakinshow.com. Operation Supply Drop has been with us from the beginning, and we are a better podcast for it. These guys send video game care packages to our troops both domestic and abroad, and have raised well over a million dollars in doing so. If you could help us return the favor by following them on Twitter at OP Supply Drop and by checking them out at OperationSupplyDrop.org, we would thank you most kindly. If you like what we do or you want to harass us, be sure to check us out on Twitter at GeekCast Live, GeekCast Rye, GeekCast Base, GeekCast Joe, and GeekCast Nick. If you want to check out our podcast, be sure to go to GCL.Ninja. Want to check our Facebook out and interact with us? GeekCast Live is what you got to search for. And be sure to check us out on iTunes. Give us five stars live if you have to. If you have listened to the show before, you are most likely familiar with the guys from Wayward Raven. And if you haven't listened to the show, you're going to have to just trust me on this one. These guys are the best and have some kick-ass wares over at waywardraven.com. So head over there and check them out. Use our discount code NECKBEARD and save yourself some dollar bills. Hey, GeekCast Nation, GCR here, and thank you for listening to another episode of the GeekCast Live podcast. This week's bit of bass is a very special song to me. It's Eddie Vedder's All the Way. Go Cubs. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed. The first time you walk into Wrigley Field. Our heroes wear pinstripes, heroes in blue. Give us the chance to feel like heroes too. Forever we'll win and if we should lose, we know someday we'll go out the way. Yeah, it's the 